0: You are locked on Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on. Locked on. Locked. Locked lock on. Lock, lock, lock on. Locked. on on Cowboys. Well, hello. And welcome to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Landon McCool. Again, no, Marcus. Marcus is still out on his lovely honeymoon with his new bride. Uh, Congratulations all around to Marcus still. Um, So... while he's on the beach somewhere, enjoying himself, I am. Uh, I'm stuck in a cold office, and I'm. Uh, but you know what? I'm here talking Cowboys football with you guys, and Marcus is off somewhere. Uh, You know, I don't don't know, on a beach or something. Who wants to do that, right? Uh, If I didn't introduce myself before, I am Landon McCool. Uh, You can find me at McCoolBCB. You can find Marcus, if you need to harass him, at Marcus underscore Mosier. And then, of course, follow the Locked On Cowboys podcast uh, account as well, Locked On Cowboys. And guys, if you haven't, I know we have a lot of of Cowboys-specific fans that come here, but if you haven't checked it out yet... Definitely make sure that you're checking out the Locked On NFL podcast and some of the other shows that are on the Locked On network. This is a great network, and sometimes we get so myopic about what's going on with the Cowboys. Uh, we uh, we don't always leverage the rest of the network the way we should, but I, we, sh- we are going to de- definitely do a lot more of that this coming season because there's a lot of great talent uh, all throughout the network, and, and, and I just wanted to kind of take a, take a second to kind of pub their work up a little bit too. It's it's. Uh, it's that time of year where everyone's looking for every little bit of football information, and and sometimes when you watch listen to the the larger podcast, there's a lot of filler, a lot of crap, but not on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, so definitely go check out Locked On NFL, and then the the Locked On Draft shows, and then check out some of the individual teams if you're interested in learning about maybe the NFC East. So that's that's my little two cents today. Today uh, we it's just me uh, as I've indicated, and we are going to do a Twitter. Tuesday, uh, and it's going to be a little bit awkward, kind of a one-person Twitter question show, but we are going to get into it. Uh, Marcus sent out the call on Twitter a, little, a couple hours ago. We got enough responses. Uh, let's not waste any more time. Uh, Mark Gaja, was a good good pal on Twitter, at Mark, it's a soft J. Oh, it's so Mark Gata. <laughs> See, the key to saying his name is, is unlocked in his actual Twitter handle. Uh, Mark's, I love Mark. He's been followed for a long time. Um, who is uh, McCool's pet cat this training camp and why? Man, that's tough. I mean, there's so – the crazy thing about this year is that there are so many big – you know, deep rosters sections, like uh, the, the position groups across the board, it feels like there's a lot of depth of talent uh, uh, at a a lot of different spots. So, you know, the pet cats guys are really kind of long shots more in a way than they have been even in previous years, because there's just not a lot of spots to take. Right. Um, I, you know, I keep getting excited about, and the reason I'm using him as a pet cat is because I don't, you know, I don't really know how secure his spot is, or, or you know, I, I think he could be anywhere from not on the team to maybe taking some starting snaps. I, I think the Damian Wilson has got something, you know. I've I watched watching his tape and just watching the way he plays and his body type and his and his game. I just really like. uh you know, a lot about the way that his that he plays the position. And I, I just think that if he can figure things out sooner than later, that I really, uh, really like the way he plays. So I would say that probably Damian Wilson... Um, you know, I'm, I'm typing things up just to take a look. I, I, I think Damian Wilson, Jalen Guyton is also a guy uh, who I think... You Know it seems like the you know Guyton and, and John Veya Johnson were the you know the two kind of heralded undrafted free agent rookies that came in, and it seems like John Veya Johnson has gotten a lot more of the kind of buzz, um, uh, with his play at OTAs. I still am a big believer in Jalen Guyton. Uh, you know, the news just came out very recently, right before I, I potted. Uh, that the Cowboys are releasing Alan Hearns. In fact, we should probably just talk about that real quick. Um, but Guyton was, I was going to say, Guyton was another guy who I, I was thinking that you know, could very well be a pet cat because I, I just like the—I like those kind of players who, you know, their college career just kind of got a... Uh, uh, a got off to a, a, a bad start. I, we don't really know what happened with him at Notre Dame. But um, I think the... Uh, the situation clearly was not was not good for him. He, he had to leave, had to go to North Texas, had to kind of restart his career. I, I think he has a kind of talent level that, you know, he's a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, these guys who maybe just kind of didn't have the careers in college that snuck their way into the NFL through one way or another, uh, In the, considering the fact that he's been out there every single day, apparently working hard, I just think that he has a lot of, He's got a lot to work with, and I think that he, if he can develop, again, quickly, he's another guy who I really think could could make some splashes as well as John Veya Johnson. Um, but Hearns, there's actually two pieces of news we got to talk about that that came out right before I came on air. Uh, Alan Hearns got released um, by the Cowboys. They, they tried to kind of come to him and renegotiate his deal down, uh, and it didn't look like he was interested in that and so you know i think they did him a good favor by not cutting him early they gave him an opportunity to rehab and get healthy uh and then they reapproached him about uh, trying to write sign a, a kind of more um you know team friendly deal and and i think he's he was interested in kind of testing the market and so they parted in seem, seemingly amicable ways because you know they they gave him they did him a favor of keeping him on to, for through his rehab and you he was interested in going at a at a lower rate, and that's fine. So they moved on. And, and good luck to Hearns. I really like the guy is a locker room guy. You know, and when he was able to play, he he did things for us. He, he worked hard. So uh, I I just commented about him a couple weeks ago, uh, just how his play had stood stood out. He does a lot of the little things at the wide receiver position that don't get noticed a lot. So uh, yeah, I think that's a uh, I think that's a big. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a big guy that that, that is going to go to another team and and hopefully provide something for them. I, I, I good luck to him. So I, I really hope that uh, he he has a a, a continued career because that 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 injury was last season was was gruesome and I don't know that uh, we weren't all sure how he would recover from that. And the the other big news, speaking of injuries, that we weren't sure how they were going to recover. The other good news is that it sounds like uh, Travis Frederick officially will avoid being put on the NFI list and he will be active for the start of training camp, which, you know, that's kind of, I guess, where we were expecting things to go, but it's just good to kind of officially get that word as well. So definitely uh, positive vibes coming from the Cowboys camp seemingly so far these last few weeks uh, with the Zeke news, uh, with Frederick being avoiding NFI, uh, you know, things are kind of still uh, looking positively as we head into training camp um, play like that asks someone has to de- definitely explain the past system that we all believe in Well, past system that we all believe in is in quotes that Garrett has maintained since arriving in 2007 it was not Linehan's or even Kellen Moore's it's Garrett's explain the Coriel offense why run why play action and what kind of wide receivers are necessary well, getting into the whole Coriel system is probably a little bit more than we're gonna to do today, but I, I will say that, you know, the Coriel system is the system as we are referring to, and I think this is what he's talking about. Uh, you know, it's it's really just a method of organizing the information and and, and it's it's a means to call plays. It's not necessarily uh, oh, you got to run. The system dictates that you run these plays at this time, or or you only can run these plays, or whatever. It's more just about hey, this is what we call this route. This is how we what we call this route. This is what we call this motion. This is what we call this alignment, and then using all that language to put together to to ha, uh, you know call the plays. I I think the thing that makes Coriel appealing generally um, to coaches and, 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 and you know positional coaches as well is that you know, they have a numbering system with the route tree which makes learning the route tree very uh, straightforward and simple and calling the plays, you know, we we talked about how the numbers. Uh, you hear things like seven five seven, which which indicates that the X receiver is running a seven route, the Y tight end is running a five route, and then the Z is running a, a seven route. You know, it's it's that kind of very straightforward. Uh, numbering system paired with uh, terminology. I, I think that the reason it's appealing on that level is because of how straightforward it is to learn in comparison to something like the West Coast, which can be very... Uh, which has a lot of verbiage, which has a lot of words and a lot... You know, Their play calls tend to be extremely long. So one way of counteracting that, Coryell's system has kind of a more simplified... Uh, play calling situation, and then you know the, part of what else they do too is that they they use a little bit of Earnhardt Perkins, which is another type of a system uh, that in, when they're doing two minute situations. And Earnhardt Perkins is a little bit more based on use uh, understanding passing concepts, and then using hand signals, uh, you know, kind of while lining up in the line to kind of. Uh, to, to kind of determine to the wide receivers where in those passing concept, which piece of the passing concept they are participating in on any given play. And uh, that's very kind of half, half-assed explanation of it. But, I mean, if you see, you know, I think there's like the traditional Romo kind of in, – in, Deck, looking back and forth across the line, using signals with their hands, looking at the wide receivers. That's kind of, I think, part of the Earnhardt Perkins aspect uh, shining through. It's that's really where uh, they're they're kind of using that part specifically in the two-minute offense to kind of expedite the play-calling process. Uh, uh, and so I, those are all kind of parts of what the mechanisms are for the Garrett system of play-calling. Now. The play caller matters. The person who's deciding the sequencing of the plays or deciding, oh, the person who's receiving the information of, oh, this is it's first and 10. We need to throw the ball or we need to run the ball or we need to do this and this and that. That's still very much dictated by the actual play color. So I think that those are things that all could be very much changed. And, and, and you can you know, use the the information that's in the, the Coriel system to, you know, rearrange routes to, cr- to create route combinations to, to do things like that in order to, you know, get what you want while still using the Coriel kind of terminology. So I, I my point was saying that, you know, I think – you don't need to reinvent the wheel to r- severely change what your offense is doing. I think that it's certainly possible to um, use what's already there to kind of make the offense look different. And and o- honestly, I like. I think that there is nothing wrong with. Uh, keeping this similar off running a lot of the same similar plays but just dressing them up more calling them at different times calling passes out of run formations and run out of pass formations calling more passes on first down you know i think all, all these things more motion more more opportunities to kind of help your 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 offense identify what's happening to the pre-snap i mean i think all these things make a large amount of difference and they're all changes that happen without actually changing the system, so to speak. So I think that's more of what the expectation should be for uh, for what Kellen Moore is going to bring to this offense. Um, Daryl O at Big D088. Does the ratio of Sam snaps versus nickel corner change with Sean Lee playing the spot? Something to watch in camp? I, I think it might. I mean, we, we they've said that it might. We'll see. I, I think that there's something to the idea that having three linebackers on the field uh, with the, uh, you know, with the... Prevalence of RPOs, the short passing game, the quick passing game. You know, there's something to having uh, guys who can rally and tackle the ball. Fast guys who can r- rally and tackle the ball a little bit better uh, to prevent, you know, unnecessary yak. Um, so I think that that is uh, uh, something that's going to be played with a little bit. Um, but I, I also, you know, I, I wouldn't also. The way that the question was worded was kind of in. In uh, how, how do I say this? Like the l- l- Sam linebacker in being in as opposed to a nickel corner. I think that there's also opportunity for there to do st- some stuff like three down linemen and three linebackers, which would not preclude a third linebacker, obviously, and a nickel corner. Um, I you know I, I just think that there, you're going to see you may see more three linebacker sets. Um, t- than you have previously uh, but that doesn't always necessarily preclude them from having a nickel corner back uh, on the field as well Um, Okay, a couple more and then we'll get out of here we got two good ones from uh, Professor Robert at Prof underscore Roberts what are you projecting Zeke does in the passing game this season um You know, I think. I think that they. It feels like they swung wildly you know, with the two kind of ways. I mean, it feels like, you know, his first two seasons he didn't get nearly enough looks as a receiver, and then they kind of wildly adjusted, you know, doubling his his catches this last season. But I, I still feel like it was the issue with with his receiving is that it was his yards. His average depth of target was was very shallow, and he was getting a lot of dump offs on kind of third downs and 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 you know third and long situations where he, it, it didn't really seem likely that he was going to be able to convert anything, and it was more just kind of a give up play on third down. I would like to see them do more or of getting him out in the field, more up, more upfield, maybe splitting him out more and letting him run routes. I just think that. Um, you know there is a, a lot of uh, opportunity for Zeke to get the ball in better situations than just the the screen plays and just the quick dump offs when you need you know when there's nothing else there. Uh, I think they just need to do a better job of using him uh, as a receiver a little bit better. So maybe hopefully that'll be one of the things that we see uh, more work on a little bit better. Uh, what position does Tyrone Crawford play most of his snaps from? I think if, you know, likely we're going to see uh, more defensive tackle than defensive end this year. Maybe uh, kind of flip the ratio than we saw previously just because there's so many defensive ends. Maybe not. Maybe maybe that won't happen. But I think that there is an opportunity there if Gregory gets back and, and spends get some time in there with Dorrance Armstrong and Quinn. There's just a lot of talent outside. It might be better to get uh, Crawford some snaps inside. Uh, and then finally, the last question I'll we'll do uh, from Dustin Lohmiller. Um How much do you think having a whole offseason with Mark Colombo in charge of the OL is going to help the team? The offensive line didn't seem to gel with the last coach that was here, but I hear they love Colombo. You know, frankly, I think that they if they wanted to get – they should have gone to Colombo probably up front. And I, I think that it will help – I mean – I, at the very least, it's going to help just kind of getting everyone back on the same page to what they're comfortable doing. Because clearly a large portion of what was going on was about um, not being comfortable with what they were being asked to do by Paul. Um, so I, I think that if this, this, they kind of are out of excuses at this point. They They wanted the last guy fired. Um, They didn't, you know, they didn't like Paul Anderson either. So they asked him to, you know, be like, oh, they love they supposedly love Mark Colombo. So now it's time to kind of, you know, produce that way, produce as such. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that there is going to be a it's definitely a stabilizing there for sure for the for those young players. I, I don't know if there's going to be like a noticeable jump, but there certainly won't be a step back the way that we saw at least from like guys like Lyle Collins. I feel like you really struggled with some of the techniques that was being asked of him. So, uh, yeah, I do think you know everything you know with with Travis Frederick coming back with with all the the things you know the, the level of familiarity going on with Colombo, all of that is good. I, I I guess my 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 real overall statement here is. I think the offensive line is going to be really good. I think that they've got a lot of talent, and it's a lot of talent coming back that maybe wasn't there last year. I think the left guard spot will be a lot more solidified with Connor Williams a year in the the weight room. And I think all of them will be generally a little bit more comfortable with what they're being asked to do. Some more than others, specifically. But I think they're all going to be comfortable with what they're being asked to do. And that makes for, for, you know, comfortability usually makes for good situations. So, whew, that's it. I think that's all we got. So, guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter, again, at McCoolBCB. Make sure you follow uh, Marcus, at Marcus underscore Mosier. Like I said, go check out all the, all the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network uh, shows. They're fantastic. Um, there's all, all this week on Locked On NFL, uh, there's a guest host ha- uh, because Matt Williamson is on hiatus. So it's a good opportunity to go listen to some of those guys. So go check out the Locked On NFL podcast uh, being hosted by a variety of uh, Locked On Podcast Network hosts. And until next time, happy trails, everybody.